Well, hello, everybody. You know, we're all suffering from something COVID-ified at the moment, and that includes me. I've got this croaky voice, and I'm getting a bit snowed under with a uh, chesty cough, but I'm COVID-free. Unfortunately, there are still viral things going on out there. I think the more we stay indoors and try and keep in our bubble, the worse it is, it, you know, for us because we're in central heating here and that isn't really very good and very healthy. But unfortunately, today it's snowing outside and we've got a lot of snow laid down here in Kent and it's extremely minus cold. But <clears throat> our leadership secrets, you know, are something worth sharing. So I'm going to do this anyway because I've got some secrets and I want to share them with you. Now, you know, these are secrets for total success. And they're all written in the Bible. And Jesus was a problem solver. Now, that is number one. Jesus solved problems. He went about doing good and all sorts of things. But he also believed in what he was doing. And he never, ever misrepresented who he was, what he was, or why he was here on this earth, or what he was doing. But he also went where people are. Now, I just got some notes here, and I just want to refer to them, because it's a very intensive series. If we have a look at Romans 15 too, it says, let every one of us please his neighbour for his good to edification. And that means that Jesus was a problem solver. Every time we say something to somebody, it, you know, it might even be received as correction when it isn't. It's received as, it should be received as direction. And so again, we have to look at ourselves, take that every thought captive and accept that this person is gonna make sure I'm going in the right direction. Otherwise, don't go to that person. If you, feel, if you feel that way about them, then you really must find another mentor. But everyone has problems. And your success and happiness in life depends on your willingness to help solve their problem. You know, in other words, other people the willingness to go to, you know, to look after other people first. Successful people are simply problem solvers. A successful attorney solves his legal problems. Doctors solve their physical problems. And the, the, the motor mechanic solves the car problems. In that way, he's solving the driver's problem too. And Jesus was therefore was a problem solver. And thousands were burdened with guilt because of their sins. But Jesus offered forgiveness. Thousands were spiritually starved. But he said, I'm the bread of life in John 6.35. Hundreds had bodies riddled with sickness and disease. And Jesus, well, he went about doing good and healing all that were depressed. Oh, sorry, oppressed of the devil. Acts 10.38 refers, many were possessed with evil spirits and Jesus set them free. 
Isn't that wonderful to know? Jesus had something that others needed. In fact, every, everything that God created is a solution to somebody else's problem, sometimes to our own. Jesus solved their problems out there, you know, on the day that he walked this earth. That's why thousands sat for days and just listened to him on hillsides and beaches and all sorts of places, nooks and crannies. But he taught them concerning the laws of God and how to have extraordinary relationships with other people. Did you hear that? Extraordinary relationships, not ordinary ones, extraordinary ones. His products were boldly declared eternal life, joy, inner peace, forgiveness, health and healing, financial freedom. We all need that. We all need all of that. So we need to take an inventory of ourselves and, um, and ask ourselves, what do I have to offer someone? So what do I have today to offer you? I can only offer you my life's experiences and how that turned out, what happened, or as I progress, what did I do? So I'm hoping it's going to help quite a few people. You're not an accident. God planned your birth. Before I formed you in the belly, I knew thee, and before you came forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee. Jeremiah 1.5, isn't that wonderful? He ordained each of us. Everything God makes is a solution to a problem. God created... Um, it created, created that, that solution for, for many reasons. But he wanted a love relationship. So he created Adam. And Adam was lonely, so he created Eve. And this is the golden thread that links creation. It links me to you. It links Pastor Anne to Africa. It links Africa back to the UK and around the world. So think of your contribution to another as an, ex, as an assignment from God. A lawyer is assigned to his client, a wife to a husband, parents to their children, employees to their boss. Your assignment is always a person or a people. Now that means a nation or a culture or a group or many. For example, Moses was assigned to the Israelites. Aaron was assigned to Moses. Your assignment will always solve a problem. And that is the wonderful thing about it. Your life is a solution to someone in trouble, to someone else's challenge in life. You find those who need you and what you have to offer. Don't wait for them to come and find you. You find them, you go and find them. Build your life around 
that contribution that God has given you. Draw the right sort of people to you. Listen to the right sort of mentors who can feed you. That is so important. And I'm not just talking about work-wise, but every commitment in life. You don't want to run with people who don't walk the walk and talk the talk. Because guess what? You would do exactly the same. You won't realise that it's changing you. So you need to walk with those who are walking the walk and talking the talk. Because if you get into that level, all you will do is go from one level to the next. And you'll leave behind you all the things that will pull you back and hold you down. And speak wrongly to you as well. You can do what God created you to do. You can be whatever you want to be, if you want to be it. It's about the heart, but it's connected to the mind. The mind is connected to the soul. The soul is connected to the heart. And so we go around and we begin to... It's rather like a figure eight, isn't it? We go around and we keep going around that same figure until things happen. That's what Jesus did. Think about this question. How can you help others apply to their own situation what you learned in solving your problem? And then how can you make a positive contribution during the coming week in the life of someone to whom you are assigned. Now, you may not realise that you're assigned to someone, but we are all assigned to someone, somehow, somewhere. Whatever feeds your imagination, whatever generates you on the inside, that's probably the person you're assigned to. You be very careful how you choose the people that you walk with and look up to. But Jesus, as I said earlier, believed in his product. And one of the verses in Proverbs 27, 23 reads like this. Be thou diligent to know the state of thy flock and look well to thy hands. So I'm talking to leaders. I'm not talking, you're all leaders. And I'm not talking to people who are just coming into a business uh, who, who know absolutely nothing. Each and every one of you are servants of God. So you have to look at, I have to look at my flock, which is all of you. Pastor Anne has to look at her flock, which is all of us. And so it goes on with Dr. Pasquale. He has it all to oversee. Bless him. But doubt is deadly. Have you ever walked into a room and felt a strange feeling uh, or anger, anger in the atmosphere? You can cut it with a knife. Have you ever walked into a room and felt love and energy abounding? I have many a time. 
and excitement. Those are the rooms I'll stay in. Not in the other ones. I'd turn around and say, oops, wrong time, and I would leave. So your thoughts have presence. It's not that these people are arguing and fighting. Their thoughts, their attitude have caused a presence. And it's a force field, and it's saying, wow. And it pushes away. Instead of a force field that is meant to bring to you and gather. They're like currents moving through the air, the thermals, you know. A bird will come and it will fly, and then suddenly it will soar. Then it will flatter and fly. It's absolutely amazing to watch birds on thermals, especially the eagle. Those thoughts are capable of drawing people towards you or driving people away. Don't go to a meeting or to any, any form of work situation or into any, any situation with bad thoughts. I would, I tell you what, if it, when that happens to me, I cut back and I just say, I'm not going to do it today. I'll do it tomorrow. And I'll spend some time in prayer over that. Because we all, we all get that, that tiredness peak where the enemy comes in and intends to destroy. We'll take a break. We'll, we'll learn later on how important planning and rest are to your lives and to your ministries. Your attitude is always sensed. So you will never succeed in any business unless you really believe in that business. You've got to pick up a product and say, wow, I love this product, it's fantastic. If you think it's just going to make me 50 bucks an hour, forget it, because it won't if you are not in love with what you are doing. So you've got to believe in that product that you're promoting. And in this case, in the Joshua generation, it is Jesus Christ. It is empowerment. It is pulling others into the right place for them, especially the youth. And it is in teaching. But you know, your doubts will eventually, eventually will surface. So really give it some really good deep thought and put those, those inside thoughts where they ought to be at Jesus's feet at the cross. So look at life, at the life of Jesus. He believed he could change people. He, he believed that his product, which was salvation, would definitely satisfy people. Going over the page here to so look at John 4, verses 13 and 14. Whosoever drinks of this water shall thirst again, but whosoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. What makes you believe that your product or your product knowledge, and we're looking at the Bible, that is your product, what makes you believe in that? Jesus' product was life. 
And I've got a quote here from John 10.10. The thief comes not for to steal and to kill and to destroy. It come, he comes to give life. So I'm going to read that again. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. Jesus said, I am come that they might have life. The comparison there is absolutely cut and dried, abundantly more so. You know, whatever you have been given within your set, skill set is what somebody else needs. Jesus saw the damaged products. Now, products of life, products of marriage, products that have been almost totally destroyed by the enemy. He saw his people that were oppressed. Nobody could take his place and he knew it. Jesus, his place and he knew it. John 10, 27 expresses that my sheep will hear, will hear my voice and they will follow me. So you must take the time and, and make the effort to know your product, which is your Bible. Every word about Jesus. You need to know your Old Testament too for the history. But you may be anxious to sell that product. You pocket the profit. In other words, just learn enough for yourself and then go and preach on it, make a business out of it. Don't do that. God will always meet all of your needs. That's his promise. So don't just think you're going to go and get on with your life because that will be the end of it. You might get very rich. It will result in nothing at the end. Success just does not happen that way. It calls for everything we can give it to make it work. A lawyer has to study the law. A doctor must keep well read on the latest journals concerning the body and new diseases. A policeman has to study um, or has to study his weapons and the laws of his community and his rights. And the mindset of criminals. He has to study the mindset of criminals. If he does not study this, he knows he is a dead man on the streets. He has to be streetwise. And his life, he understands he's putting his life on the line for what he believes in. So don't expect to succeed unless you are thoroughly informed about what you're doing, your product. I could ask you a question. Are you really discouraged by your present job if you've got one? Are you feeling a bit hopeless? Then I suggest you ask yourself some real soul-searching soul questions and honest questions. How much time 
have you spent cultivating that, 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 that inner awareness and that visual awareness of, of what you are doing? And that could be your business. It could be your church foundation. It could be just Joshua generation. I see some people in Joshua generation really going for the goal. They are honed in. They are getting involved. And I see the ones on the, on the outside who are just sort of lingering, maybe complaining a little, which way do we go? Oh, have I really got to do that, you know? But the ones that are getting stuck in are getting results. Look at Kenya. Kenya is doing amazingly well. And, and you know, Kenya is a leader amongst the African nations at the moment. But you wait until all the Af African nations get up and go. Africa will arise and Africa will be a leader. And that will draw many leaders from all the other countries as well. We have a job to do. So do you use your product? Do you use your Bible? How many hours each day have you invested in becoming informed? In other words, in studying. That doesn't mean to say just your Bible, but it means programs like this today. Are you so busy trying to make a buck that you really have not developed a powerful understanding and confidence in what you are doing? Information breeds confidence. So when you go out there and speak, it's confident. You don't have to make up stories in the Bible. You have to read the word of God. The Bible says at the last page, don't anybody ever add or or, or de detect, de detract a word from what is written within this book. Jesus was very busy. He was teaching, preaching, traveling, performing miracles and mentoring the unlearned. However, he always took the time to get alone with his father and renew his understanding of his purpose. His plan and his product, my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge, he said. Hosea said in four, uh, chapter 4, verse 6. But Jesus believed in his product. Now, this is where I'm going to leave it for today. And I just want to give you a little prayer to cover this. Father, thank you for placing inside of me, inside of our people in, in, in the Joshua generation, diligence to know their product, their service, their career, and you and their gifts and their understandings to their fullest extent. I know that you have given ideas and methods of helping others to help people. Father, teach us all to develop a powerful understanding and confidence in what we are promoting here at Joshua Generation. In Jesus' name, amen. And a little bit of homework for you. In three sentences or less, how would you define your, what you're doing? What resources then do you use to keep yourself informed about what you're doing? And what is your field of expertise? How much time do you spend each week in prayer 
for your organization. Be blessed. This is Pastor Iris signing off from the UK for now. And I hope next time I come back and talk to you, I would have got my voice back and a bit of color in my cheeks instead of a bit of a temperature. So God bless. We'll see you soon.